welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 105 Trade-offs One of the things that I've mentioned a couple of times on the Field Log is the idea of a KPI. Right? A key performance indicator, some sort of metric that you can measure in a given area, right? Maybe physical performance, maybe financial, maybe you're learning a language, how many vocab words do you know? A number that helps you understand with reasonable accuracy how well you're doing in a particular pursuit, right? You want to take the qualitative idea of doing well or doing poorly and distill it down to a number that you can objectively track. Well, one of the most powerful KPIs for stewardship, right, for wealth building, is your net worth. It's just the number of, across all of your assets, right, cash, investments, real estate, maybe possessions like a car. How much are you worth, right? And, of course, that terminology is financial in nature, right? Your worth as a human being, of course, is not determined by your net worth. But... How much wealth do you have? That's the idea of your net worth. Well, I used to track my net worth, let's say manually, right? I would look at my savings account, my checkings account, my various investments, and get a rough idea, right? Then, of course, you could get more detailed, look at your credit cards, you could look at the value of your car. But recently, I started using an app to track my net worth called Personal Capital, or well, it used to be called Personal Capital. I think they're starting to rebrand to Empower, I think is their new name. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes in case you're interested in checking that out. I like it so far. It's doing really well. It gives you a dashboard where you can see all of your spending, your earning in a given month, your net worth, how it's going up and down over time. So I'll put a a link to that in the show notes for you. Well, as I've been tracking my net worth in personal capital, First, I started tracking it every day, right? I made it part of my morning routine when I would do my checking my emails, do my journaling, log certain other KPIs. I had one of the tabs was the link to personal capital. It would open up, I would log in, and I would look at the number every day. Now, if you look at something every day, you're going to get a lot of oversight over that thing, but it could be overkill, right? And I, I noticed very quickly that checking it every single day is overkill. That number isn't changing much from day to day. It really shouldn't, right? If it is, your your net worth is a bit too volatile. But I'm realizing that a cadence, like maybe maybe once every two weeks, maybe once a month, maybe once every three months, is a bit more accurate, is a bit more appropriate, if you will. And that sort of leads us into our discussion for today, which is the idea of trade-offs, right? Whenever you're making decisions on something like tracking your net worth or something like exercise or something when it comes to careers, you know, maybe you decide you want to be a doctor, there's, you know, you're saving lives, there's prestige, there's good earning, but it's going to be 80 to 100 hours a week, depending on the kind of lawyer that you are, or what was I saying, doctor, whichever, either either one of those careers is going to be appropriate for that example. The idea of trade-offs, right? I, I realized that if I check my net worth every day, I will get the most granular oversight that I possibly can have, right? If something 
comes in, something goes out, I'll see it every day. But that information wasn't really actionable, right? And this is one of the things that you're going to want to look for when you're making a decision on those sorts of trade-offs. Is that, is that information actionable? So I decided that it was more appropriate to save time. And it's not much time you're saving, maybe one or two minutes every morning, but it does add up. You know, it's just an extra thing you have to check every day. Started realizing that checking that every day wasn't really worth the extra oversight I was getting, wasn't really adding much. Now, this is the kind of decision that you're going to have to make a lot, right? When you're feeling out something new that you're learning, for example, let's say you're picking up a new instrument, you know, we'll pick a simple example. Let's say you want to learn how to play the guitar. Well, you can buy 10 guitar books and decide you're going to work through all 10 of them. There's going to be a lot of overlap in those 10 books. And working through all 10 of them might slow you down on your progress to becoming the guitarist with the level of skill that you want. But in case one of the books that you bought doesn't really cover something that another one does, going through all 10 of them is going to give you the most complete picture. Let's say they're all beginner books, right? You get 10 beginner books. It's going to be 90, 95% overlap in all 10 of them, but each one might add a little something extra that you're going to learn early on. Does that seem like overkill? Right, is the sort of question you'd have to ask yourself. When you're trying to decide between investing time and getting more marginal returns in something or saving that time and then going for only the stuff that's most important, which way do you go? Now, one of my favorite examples of this concept of the trade-off is planning. Right, I've seen it done both ways. I've personally built a planning system that takes about 12 to 13 minutes every morning, right? And then once a week, you put together weekly goals and that might take another minute or two. And once a quarter, you put together quarterly goals that takes about 20 or 30 minutes. And then once a year, you put together annual goals, right? Yearly goals. And that takes maybe 30, 45 minutes. So all in all, the daily time expenditure is very low. And even if you take into consideration the bigger planning activities, still very low. Now I have a friend whom I've known for a while, who uses a similar system, a system built on my system. And his morning journaling block takes him about 30 minutes, I think he said. And when he told me that number, and the reason we were talking about it, is he was complaining that he never seemed to have time in the mornings to finish all of his planning and his journaling because he would wake up a little too late and it would take too long and then he wouldn't do it and then his whole day would fall apart. I was asking him, well, how long does it take? He says about 30 minutes. Of course, my first response to that, comparing it to my own journaling time needs, was that that's way too much. Right? You're spending way too much time planning. And he said, well, if I don't plan down to the most granular level, right, he'll plan down to maybe even the, the minute. Then things get shifted around or, or something or another, and I don't get to reap the benefits of planning properly. Right? He seemed to be under the impression that there was a linear relationship the more you plan, the more efficient you are, or the more effective you are. Now, of course, the whole thing was a moot point for him because he wasn't getting around to the planning. The time required to do his planning routine took so long every morning that he wasn't getting around to it. So clearly, the answer should be obvious, right? The trade-offs are already obvious in this particular example. Is that the barrier of entry is so big that whatever extra benefit you might get from 30 minutes of planning isn't manifesting at all. So 
forget the debate of is 30 minutes of planning worth it. If the 30 minute time need is preventing you from doing it, then it's clearly not worth it because it's a non-starter. Well, let's say it were, right? Let's say you have a planning routine that is very, very detailed. You check three calendars and you check your daily, weekly, monthly to-do list every morning and you cross-reference and you pull tasks and, and the whole thing's very complicated. And you actually spend 30 minutes compiling the absolute best daily to-do list for yourself. And let's say you're the sort of man who does actually execute exactly what it is that you plan in the morning, which most of us don't do. I know I certainly don't do. You know, I'll drag my feet during one activity or another. Things get shifted around slightly. I don't get around to every single thing that I plan for that day. You have to ask yourself, in a position like that, is 30 minutes of planning, that level of specificity, is that worth the extra time expenditure? Or could you carve it down to 10 minutes and take those extra 20 minutes and use them on another activity? Right? These are the sort of questions you have to ask yourself. Balancing trade-offs is one of the more complicated things, or maybe not complicated, but one of the more difficult things to pick up in the life of a warrior king, right? We always talk about this concept. A man living the warrior king ethos has a lot on his plate, right? You might be juggling work and a side business and exercise and mental development and church and reading. I'm reading three books at any given time, right? I have my bedtime reading, which is fiction. Help me fall asleep. I'm reading a theology book and I'm reading some sort of nonfiction, usually around money, right? Right now I'm reading a book on incorporating uh, incorporation for businesses. I'm reading a theological book, right, from the Church Fathers, and I'm reading fiction to help me fall asleep at night. Just, you know, a little unwinding, put it down, go to sleep. So you have a lot of things going on. Your job is generally going to be to err on the side of leanness and squeeze as much juice as you can out of any given activity with the least amount of time involved which is one of the many, many, many reasons. I think that if you're training as part of this larger worldview, as part of this larger ethos, your training should be the Warrior King training protocol. Not only is it incredibly effective, you'll get strong, you'll get big, your physique will get developed. It takes less than three hours a week. Right? I train three days a week. My training takes definitely less than an hour, about 40 to 45 minutes maybe. So we're talking two hours and change. You get most of the benefits from that. Is it possible to maybe introduce a couple more accessories, maybe bump up the volume very slightly? Yeah, but you know, it gets complicated. And if you want more information on that, of course, read the Warrior King Training Protocol. Link in the show notes. It's right there for you. It's completely free. Just get a copy if you haven't already. Start training. You have to train your body. It is not optional. A strong leader has a strong body. But it's the least amount of time involved to get those results. Same thing with when it comes to wealth building, right? You should try to, as soon as you can, develop passive income. Now, that's a buzzword that you hear floating around all the time. But what that really means is, at the simplest level, something like investments, right? If you have, let's say, a steady day job, you might have a 401k, put as much money into the 401k as you can spare without risking, you know, your six-month nest egg, something like that. You should have at least six months living expenses, in case, God forbid, you get laid off or something happens. But then if you start investing, that investment starts to make money over time. That's passive income, right? You might also, maybe you're a bit more business savvy. You set up some sort of business that makes you passive income. 
Another big time-saving technique that I like is picking a job where you work from home. You don't have to commute, right? I work in software. That's what I do. I work in technology and you don't have to commute. You could just really, if you wanted to, you could get out of bed and just sit down at your desk at 9 a.m. And let's say you work until 5 and do that. Whatever it is, if you have a job where you have to be in the office, you have to drive there, maybe it's manual labor, that's all well and good, but it's going to cost you a lot more time. My best friend is in a situation now where he works manual labor. He has to be at the place that he's working at five days a week. And he works, I think, eight to five, right? There's a one, one hour lunch break. It's unpaid, which is not unusual. He has to drive there. He has to drive back. All in all, it's, I mean, at least 10 hours a day that he's spending on earning just a living. I don't have to do that. So there's more time available there. When it comes to trade-offs, you basically have to look at, for any given activity, be it work, be it exercise, be it planning, you have to ask yourself, what's the least amount of time that I can invest in this to get the core of what it is that I'm looking for? And then if you identify that, you can decide if you want to double the amount of time that you're investing and get 20 more percent, right? We've had an episode on this. It's called Pareto's Law. If you haven't listened to that field log, scroll back, make a note to go listen to that. It's a very good one. Explains this concept in a lot of detail that I'm going to sort of gloss over in this one because we're not trying to just do a repeat. But the first 20% of any activity generally yields 80% of the benefit, right? You can work out an hour a day, six days a week, or you can train for a little more than two hours and you're going to get about the same results. In fact, I would say that the Warrior King training protocol is even more effective than training an hour a day, six days a week. If that's what you're doing. So that's the idea of the general trade-off, right? You have to ask yourself, what's the least amount of time that I can invest in this? And usually that means being completely focused on the activity and doing whatever it takes to get it done well to still reap the general benefits. So let's say you want to learn how to cook, right? Just making up examples off the top of my head. You want to learn how to cook. How much time can you invest to get to the skill level that you're trying to get to? Maybe you want to get to the point where you can cook basic dishes, right? You want to have a catalog of 15-20 recipes and be able to cook those for dinner or when you have guests over or whatever. What's the most efficient way? What's the least amount of time I can pour in? What I would do is I would probably do, let's say, 20 to 30 minutes of research. I would find a good book that takes you from complete beginner to having mastered all of the fundamentals of cooking, right? And you go on Reddit, you go on Google, you read the opinions, what, what book pops up again and again, right? And then you can look at the descriptions of those books. You can get a copy at your local library. You can buy it if you want. And then I would set up a daily practice where I read the book. And then let's say it's instruction and cookbook. And then every night I would make one of those recipes. I'd probably do that for about a month, invest a little more than an hour a day. And at that point, I would stop. I've built up the skills, basic cooking skills, which ironically, I don't actually have, right? I'm not a particularly good cook. I really just heat meat until it's edible and then I eat it, right? Low maintenance. But that's what I would do. I would find a good resource. I would find one resource, maybe two. Maybe I would get a second book or find some YouTube channel or some podcast to start listening to consistently, depending on the skill level that I want to build. If I decided that I want to master cooking, I want to be the best chef out of anyone I know. 
I would probably go a little deeper. Maybe I would spend an hour and a half, maybe two hours researching the best cooking books and beginner, intermediate, advanced, see what people are saying. I would probably get five or six. I would work through them systematically. I would probably keep a journal. I would get a bit more involved just to get to the point where I'm the best cook out of anyone I know. That's my, that's my goal. Now, of course, if you take the goal even further, then there's even more time investment, maybe, you know, more a day, or maybe over the course of three months, six months, nine months, a year, it doesn't matter. The point is, you have to ask yourself, what's the exact amount of work that I anticipate this is going to take to get to my goal? No more. If the goal of the morning journaling, if the goal of the morning planning is to spend your time doing the highest value things, what's the least amount of time I can spend getting that done? And then just stop there, right? If your goal isn't to reduce every little minute of waste, you just want to make sure that you're always working on the highest impact things, which is really the, the idea of journaling is to just move with purpose, move deliberately, do things deliberately. You don't need to go beyond that, right? My morning planning is very broad strokes. I look at my weekly goals. I make a little entry for everything I need to do that, that day. Morning routine and prayers, evening routine and prayers, weight training, eat four times that day, uh, X amount of work, X amount of recording field logs, those sorts of things. And when that's done, I just pop it into my note-taking app, right? I have a checklist in Google Keep. I put things in the order that I'm going to do them in and I plan about how long it's going to take, you know, down to maybe the half hour. You know, morning routine, 45 minutes, work, four, five, six hours, whatever, training, hour and a half, and then I just block it out that way. And, you know, if something takes 10, 15 minutes less than I thought it would, great. If it takes 10, 15 minutes more than I thought it would, that's fine too. There's usually a buffer at the end of the day that gives me a little breathing room. And over the course of the day, if I start to slightly get off course, I might open up the app, order some things around real quick. Actually, this is higher priority, so I'm going to ax that other thing. And then by the end of the day, you've done most of what you said you were going to do. That generally helps me move in the right direction without having to spend 30 minutes every morning trying to anticipate any roadblocks and, you know, plan to that level of detail. So when you're put in the position where you have to calculate trade-offs, you get better at that with time, right? That's one thing to remember. And you just have to try. You just have to think, you know, what, what's my intuition telling me here? What's my instinct telling me? How much should I invest in this? Don't try to get over eager. Try to be rational about it, right? You might be motivated. I want to start going to the gym. I want to start getting in shape. So I'm going to get all these cookbooks to cook clean food. I'm going to go to the gym six days a week. I'm going to subscribe to all these YouTube channels and weight training advice. I'm going to read, I don't know, muscle and fitness every month when it comes out or something along those lines. Bite off way more than you can chew. The system is not effective and then it collapses anyway. Right? What's the first hurdle you can overcome? Set a goal, calculate what you need to do, consider the trade-offs and weigh the pros and cons. How much time should I invest What's the result that I'm actually going for? You start asking yourself those kinds of questions, you're going to make decisions more intelligently. Right? If you know certain principles that help you work, that's going to help you make decisions more intelligently too, right? We've talked about many of those principles on the field log. I just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, Pareto's Law. 20% of the work in a particular thing is usually going to get you 80% of the results. Right? For one-fifth of the work, you're going to get four-fifths of the results. That's Pretty convincing if you ask me. Another trade-off is when do you do something in a day, right? Earlier in the morning, you usually have more energy, more motivation, right? Once you're awake, that is. You know, you're awake, you're alert. First thing you do every day is probably the more important thing. And then 
things get slightly less important as you move through the day. Now, I know that there are some things that need to happen at a particular time during the day, and that's fine. But by and large, first thing you do should be the most important thing. The very first thing I do every morning is pray. First thing I do every morning. And of course, the last thing I do before bed. But after that, the next thing I do is stewardship activities, right? After the morning routine, you know, you pray, take a cold shower or whatever. Stewardship activities, work-related things, business-related things. And after that, it's body activities, training. And after training, it's craft activities, field logs. You can see that this is all deliberate. So one of the trade-offs you're going to have to consider is what time during the day, because you're not going to look at the first thing you have to do that day and be like, ah, I don't feel like it, and then just up on YouTube or whatever. You might do that by activity two or three. So if something's going to fall by the wayside, I'd rather it be craft, right? Unfortunately, which is why fear locks being missed is still a thing, which of course I deeply apologize for. Trying to get as consistent as I can, but the workload in stewardship activities is high maintenance and I have to practice what I preach. It simply is more important. But if I have to choose between skipping a fuel log and skipping the gym, it's got to be the fuel log. If I have to choose between skipping a fuel log and hanging out with my friends after Vespers to go to dinner, I got to skip hanging out with my friends, right? I have priorities. You have priorities. You have responsibilities. You have to count the trade-offs. Another system, and now that I'm talking about it, I'll remember to mention the seven commitments is another way you can consider trade-offs, right? I have this body-related activity. I have this stewardship-related activity. No-brainer. That's why we have hierarchies. So these are the kinds of things that you have to contend with when you're considering trade-offs. How much work should I pour into this? How much specificity in planning? How much time should I invest? You know, what should get done when? You need systems. You get better at that with time. Build that up. Tomorrow, we're going to have an episode on something that I call Emergency Protocol A, which is going to help you get yet another tool in your toolkit for these kinds of techniques. But what I want you to do today is I want you to, well, right now, pull out your notes app, right? Pause this episode if you have to, or wait till it plays through, and take a quick pause, pull out your notes app, pull out your calendar, whatever it is, carve out five to ten minutes to ask yourself very quickly, right? It's just one question. Are there any activities that I'm doing right now where it's either either overkill or where I'm not doing enough, right? Am I doing less than the bare minimum, or am I doing way too much for the benefit that I'm getting? Ask yourself that question. See what answers you come up with. Adjust accordingly. But always remember, as you're navigating life, as you're navigating your day-to-day, you're navigating the execution of your purpose, that anytime you're involved in an activity and you're weighing the pros and cons of doing more, doing less, learning more, learning less, you have to pay attention to the trade-offs. That's it for this week's field log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal setting guide on the way, and of course the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, 
Conquer the Day.